Hi, Maggie here, and as a vocal coach, it is my privilege and honor to work with passionate singers just like yourself. If you love to sing, but maybe believe that you're not good enough yet, that you can't really learn to sing those high or low notes without hoarseness, or maybe you struggle with insecurities, well, then this podcast is for you. During our time here together, you'll get tips, tricks, and motivation to grow as a singer, develop your voice, and make your big singing dreams come true. So, ready to take your singing to the next level? Let's go! Hey, here's just a little note before we continue. As you know, we have a YouTube channel called The Singing Insiders. If you want to see the video version of this episode, please head on over to YouTube, type in Singing Insiders and watch the video there. This is the audio recording of that video, but if you need any image, then go over to YouTube. Hello and welcome to this new episode. I am super excited for this one because I have a great guest coming in for you. Her name is Christine Lee and she is, well, I should say Dr. Christine Lee because yes, she is a doctor. (laughs) She's a clinical psychologist, a licensed clinical psychologist. She has her own podcast, the Make Time for Success podcast, and she works with procrastinators. So if you have ever put off a project, if you have ever thought, I'm going to start my singing practice, and then you put it off to the next day or put it off to the day after that, and you find yourself being in that loop of putting things off. Um, Know that you're not alone, first of all, but Dr. Christine here today, she will help you with it. This episode is packed full of golden advice, tips, and tricks about how to improve that. Um, And also, we're we're digging deep. We're digging really deep into into our beliefs, and and we're going to be talking about confidence as well, and and creativity, and and being calm, and how to to master your fears when you're performing, for example, or how to show up as yourself, being able to be vulnerable, You know, so many great things. As you can hear, I am excited. (laughs) I always record these little intros before, well, after I've had this conversation and the energy is just still flowing through me, as you can hear. So without further ado, I'm going to play you the recording so that you can hear this amazing conversation that we had together. Enjoy. Here is my conversation with Dr. Christine Lee. Hi, Christine. So nice to have you here. (laughs) Hi, Maggie. So nice to be here. I'm so happy to be on your podcast. Welcome. So let me just introduce you to our listeners uh, really briefly. So Christine is a procrastination coach. I've been working hard to pronounce this word because as you know, English is not my first language and this is such a hard word. Um, (laughs) But you are a licensed clinical psychologist, right? Um, can you tell me a little bit, little bit about what that means? Because I think we here in Europe hear those terms, but I personally don't really know what does that really entail. Can you tell us a little bit about that? That's a great question. I don't think anyone's asked me that before, and it should be explained. Absolutely. So at least in the United States, there are at least three levels of service. One is social worker level. The other is psychologist, and then another is psychiatrist. So the psychiatrists 
are the medical doctors. They have the MD at the end of their names and they are authorized to diagnose and then prescribe medications. So that's the psychiatrist. Psychologists are known for their skills in diagnosis also and in doing psychotherapy as well as psychological testing. So if there's a riddle in terms of what might be going on, you might want to send your loved one to a psychologist for this in-depth exploration of what are the symptoms, what are the problems, what are the potential solutions. And social workers also do psychotherapy and case management. So if there are issues in the community that need to be handled or issues of safety that might need some greater supervision or structure for the person, then choosing a social worker might be your best bet. And the clinical in front of psychologist just means I'm trained at a certain level that includes inpatient hospital work. I am versed in treating people with severe mental illness, severe disorders. And the licensed part just means that I've passed the exam. I've done the clinical hours of training. So it's all set in a package and I'm licensed in New York uh, for those of you who might be interested. And the degree is very helpful. Actually, you can do a lot of things with a psychologist degree. So you have so much knowledge to share with us today. (laughs) I have, I would say it's not so much from my training, although that was invaluable. I think what I've come to know comes from working with patients for the past Mm -hmm. 20 plus years that I've spent day in and day out listening and observing and interacting and getting to know people from really the inside out. And Mm -hmm. it's been my honor to have this career and to be working with clients as I have been able to. That's amazing. Also, I know you are the host of your own podcast, the Make Time for Success podcast. I am. And I love that that word success comes in there because that's something that the singers that I work with, we talk a lot about success and what success means for someone. I also read on your on your website that you help procrastinators find their creativity, confidence, and calm. And that's exactly what I help my singers with too. So can we start maybe there at the beginning? What is procrastination exactly? And how can you be aware whether you are a procrastinator or not? Okay, great questions. And I would say procrastination is when in my mind, you're willingly putting off something that you might be able to do in the present moment. So it's a voluntary activity Mm -hmm. and everyone does it. I think, I think I've met two people who claim to have not done it ever before. Uh, They happen to be men and they just happen to really function in a kind of mechanical way where nothing gets left behind. I don't really understand that kind of mentality. That's certainly not how I'm built myself. And um, some symptoms of procrastination might be overwhelm. I hear that a lot from clients, people who are seeing everything all at once rather than seeing the individual task, rather than seeing the way that things progress, rather than seeing themselves as being 
fully capable of really managing the load that is in front of them. Mm -hmm. And you can imagine that that brings a lot of symptoms. That's where my psychology background really helps because then you have fatigue, then you have isolation, then you have sadness, then you have embarrassment, then you have stress in the interpersonal realm because you're behind and somebody's waiting for you, but all of a sudden you've stopped communicating. And again, I think we've all been there because we've all had to go through adulthood and adulthood brings challenges that are unexpected, are sometimes greater than our ego can manage. Mm -hmm. And then on top of it, there is society's difficulty with handling the context or the the uh, existence of procrastination. I think there's a lot of shame involved in the topic. There's a lot of treatment of the subject as if it's taboo. That is what my experience has been ever since I started to call myself the procrastination coach. I think I've had to fight uh, a tide of people saying, please don't use that word. People don't like that word. And that's actually why my podcast is called Make Time for Success, because I wanted to try a positive spin on the work that I do, because I do feel that when you learn how to recover from your habits of procrastination, you will automatically find more success. Mm, Beautiful. Who knew that procrastinating could have so, so much impact on the rest of your life? Like you said, with the shame, I think that's something that a lot of singers also see themselves. So I love to, I'd love to ask you, building upon that, I hear lots of my singers say, I want to practice and I'm going to practice every day for 30 minutes, which is a huge commitment, right? I never tell them to having to practice every day for 30 minutes, but say someone goes that like does that commitment and one day this person does not practice and they put it off to tomorrow okay so tomorrow I'll do an hour and then the day after oh I'll do an hour and a half the day after it's not the most beneficial thing to do for training your vocal muscles what is some kind of tip or advice you would give to this person that puts off their vocal practice how how would you what what kind words would you want to tell them I love this example because it's already a success story. The person already has the desire Mm -hmm. to be consistent in their behavior. That's huge. That's a huge win to begin with. (laughs) The second thing in your story is that the person has already done a stretch of consistency. A lot of people that I work with do not have the experience of having that feeling of I've done well, or I've Mm -hmm. stuck to my word with that initial consistency. So the first thing I would suggest is to really reward and congratulate the person for having this goal and for following through with it. And then just indicating in the most gentle of ways, which I know you also advocate for, the most gentle reminder that there are still skills to learn in the area of consistency. It's not the singing that's the problem. It's not the love of singing that's the problem. It's the relationship that person has with the task. Right. So the task requires consistency and that person may just not have the experience or the belief in themselves or something else that Mm -hmm. they need for the consistency. It might be that they don't know how to plan their schedule. So they have four days in a row of enough time to practice for half an hour. So these things are really like a mystery sometimes because we might think, oh, it's my personality. I'm really just lazy or I'm irresponsible or 
I'm not conscientious, but I really have found that it's really not those factors. When Mm -hmm. I work with procrastinators, I feel that procrastinators or people who procrastinate are actually some of the most highly motivated people, but they're also the ones who need more skills training in terms of just this emotional management, time management, idea management. And when you get all those pieces together, the confirmation of the great goal, the time allotted, you have enough time allotted to succeed. And then the baby steps that are in there, the individual steps to make sure that not a single one is forgotten and that the goal is attained, that we stay with the person until they comfortably attain the goal. And that's a win for everyone because then the world gets a more trained singer, a more comfortable singer, a competent singer. And this is a beautiful thing. Yeah. Oh, there's so many things I want to touch upon when you were talking. <laughs> but let me start with this this first one because you already kind of touched upon how you, you were talking about skills that you need to develop in order to overcome procrastination. So what is your method for helping people that do suffer from that procrastination feeling all the time? I have lots of different methods because everyone is so spectacularly (laughs) different from everyone else, as you know, and I'm sure every voice is so spectacularly unique as well. And I would say the first thing that I would look for is an increase in the person's mindfulness about what they're doing, that they're starting to observe what they are doing first and foremost. So the attention no longer is what everybody else is doing or what is late or what I've done in the past. It's more kind of what is actually going on in your heart, in your mind, in your thought process. And let's start from there. Mm -hmm. Then I have a simple five letter process. It's not really steps. It's more like letters. And I call it SMACK, S-M-A-C-K, Nice. which just is meant to say, smack your procrastination out of the way. (laughs) Do not do any harm to yourself, of course. So S is simplicity. In all cases, when you're feeling overwhelmed or like you want to procrastinate, there's something going on where you might need to simplify what you're doing or simplify what you're hoping for even. But that simplicity really I've seen gives people more of an edge in terms of saying, oh, I can start that. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying, I have to write the entire dissertation, let me just title this chapter. Let me just read this one book before I write. And most people can do that 15 minute task. I love that. So can we do an an, an example to singing just so that the listeners are with us? So simplicity and tell me if I'm on the wrong path here would be instead of saying to yourself, I'm going to do the whole song or I'm going to practice the whole song could be, I'm just going to focus on the chorus, for example. Would that be a good example? That is absolutely right. And if the person feels really stuck and they're pushing away that experience, you can just say, remember, five minutes is all you need. Mm. Just as you know, when we start, then we kind of get over that initial hurdle and then our energy and that momentum carries us forward. We no longer feel in that state of tension. And it's that tension that's the problem. It's not the love of the activity. Mm-hmm. Really, it's never, ever, ever about the work. That's also something that I've learned, which uh, is ironic because we spend a lot of time complaining about the work, don't we? <laughs> yeah. And so this is just a personal curious question. What if you 
don't like the work and that's why because I feel like I myself procrastinate to to wash my clothes I hate doing laundry and that that's the things I procrastinate on so what about those things great question great personal question I have been there myself but I have healed from that dislike of laundry because of a book so my answer would be then you do need to do more experimentation okay. it's either somewhere in a book somewhere in a podcast, some way that your friend is doing it, maybe some way that I'm doing it. And now you can borrow. I read in the book, Sync Reflections by Marla Silly. It's a book about escaping clutter, physical clutter. And what she said in that book was that when you time it to fold a load of laundry takes only two minutes. And anyone I think who reads that will say, no, that's not possible. It's not two minutes, but if you actually time it, it's something like two minutes and change, (laughs) two minutes and a half. And so when you realize that, that reduces the resistance, that reduces the feeling like this is hard labor, because really it's labor that you're doing for your life, maybe for your family's life to look put together when you're doing your life's work, that it's all a piece of this wonderful life that you're building. And if you see it as a supporting activity rather than a damaging or distracting activity, it's a lot more fun to do. And there are different ways you can make laundry more fun. I think maybe music, maybe you do some dancing or some practice. Mm. You say, oh, actually when I put the dryer on, that's my perfect half hour, 40 minute period of time to do my practice. I love that. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that. That's amazing. Okay. We took a little personal detour. Let's go back (laughs) to the smack framework. (laughs) Sure. M is next and M is for mindfulness. And I've already talked a little bit about this concept. We want to steer clear of thinking about our past Mm -hmm. and our future, even though both are significant, but neither time zone is where our actual power over procrastination lies. Our greatest power is in this moment right now. And if you can train yourself to be in the present moment as best as you can, that's not only going to help your procrastination, that's also going to help your singing because Mm -hmm. you won't be diverted in your energy. Your energy is going to be centered, powerful, complete, Mm -hmm. and not in fragments. And that's a very, very powerful place to be. I think so many people have difficulty with this because we either have anxiety, which is thoughts of the past, or that's actually anxiety can be thoughts of the future, right? We can also have anxiety about what we've done in the past, but that's typically called regret or remorse or that shame, embarrassment, all of that stuff. It's a big pot of feelings there. That's a lot to manage. And so you can imagine the ego is trying to protect itself from negative experiences. So before moving into the present moment, the ego has to sort out, does this person that I'm managing feel safe enough to move forward? And oftentimes there's this mental and emotional clutter that we have to sort through. So we want to use principles of simplicity and mindfulness to just say, okay, you know what? I'm feeling terrified, but what do I need to know in the present moment? I know I can handle myself right now. 
I love also how you're talking about feeling safe. For example, when performing, not a lot of singers feel safe and that's where the fear comes in and the anxiety. So I love how you use mindfulness to get to that safe place before doing such things, for example. Yes, as you know so well, that anxiety is the biggest blocker perhaps mm -hmm. that there is. It's that fear of the unknown. It's that doubt of the self. It's that unsure relationship with the talent that we have. And every talented person has that struggle. That's part of the beauty of being a creative person, but it's also part of the responsibility that we have to come to terms with that anxiety so that we can really deliver on our creative gifts. Yeah, beautiful. All right. So that brings us to the A of the SMAC framework. Correct. And A is really what we we're just talking about, which is anxiety management or anxiety reduction. Such a huge piece and part of what I love to do. And so much of the lever, I think it's the lever that makes the person be able to be themselves. <laughs> it makes them show up more confidently, but also their energy is just a little more receivable mm -hmm. because the person who has got their anxiety under control or minimized is able to project, is able to say, I'm here, is able to not be worried about what everyone else is thinking or saying or wondering about them. And that's a very, very, very powerful place. <laughs> yeah. So do you have some kind of tip or or maybe perspective or thoughts that you can give our singers that struggle with anxiety. And especially I'm thinking in the context of showing themselves, not being scared of what other people think, because that's our job as singers. We are telling a story. We are like making our voices be heard. And that's a very vulnerable, scary place to be. So what would like a little tip be to manage that, especially before going on stage or before performing in front of others? Well, you captured it when you said the word stories, because behind every piece of fear is a thought or a story. Generally, it's a story, I would say. And so for the singer who is anxious about performance, I would say, let's unpack the stories you have about this particular performance and about your talent and about you. And once you've covered all of that, it's likely that the person has calmed down significantly and also feels more like it's a, a good landscape for me to walk into because I no longer have to be worried about these stories on top of worrying about my voice. Mm -hmm. And I would say, let's get rid of worry about the voice as well. Presumably the preparation is there. The talent is there. The opportunity is there. Let everything feed your talent rather than saying, I need to protect myself from other people's awareness of my talent. Really, our goal is to make it be known and yeah. shared rather than hidden. Really, it, it truly, truly is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's where you, how do you say, hit the nail on the head or? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> that's absolutely what we say. Okay. Um, we say it differently. Anyway, doesn't matter. Um, well, is there is there a comparable phrase? Yeah, but it's, hit the hammer on the nail and not the nail on the head, but the I hammer understand. On the nail. <laughs> I, also very good. We want that connection. I love this. Yeah. And it is a universal desire to say, we also say you hit it out of the park. There so it's like a, probably a baseball reference that you uh -huh. hit a home run that everything 
happened just in the right way. The mm-hmm. talent was there. The person came to the plate and the pitcher threw it in such a way with such a velocity that the ball sailed and the person could show their talent and everyone celebrates. It's universal, right? We want to see each other win. So let's believe that. We really all have to believe that entrepreneurs do, creatives do, writers do, auto mechanics do. We're all looking for that feeling of resolution, of success, Mm -hmm. of our feelings and our thoughts and all the struggle, all this labor was actually worthwhile. It's like a completion. So that's the story that we want to have, not these false stories that we're not good enough or that something catastrophic is going to happen because mm-hmm. those are imaginary stories. We want the real story to be a beautiful one. And we want to complete that arc beginning, middle, end every time. That's so beautiful how you explain it. <laughs> Thank you Thank for you. sharing that. Thank you. You're so that welcome. was the A from, from the SMAC framework. Do we get to C then? C is communication. Ooh. and As I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, oftentimes when we're procrastinating, we start to shut our mouths at the same time Mm -hmm. because we feel we've lagged behind, we've failed, we've been somehow irresponsible, we've fallen out of integrity with our word. And so then the shame comes and covers us and makes us feel like we don't actually belong with the others in some way. And that's a really dangerous thing to feel, I think, because we're always surrounded by people who care about us, who would care about us if they knew what was going on, who actually want to know what's going on, even if you're having a major struggle. And that's what we forget. And so that's why C is in the system, because C is, I think, the unsung hero of wellness is knowing how to communicate, even when it feels brutally hard to admit what you have to admit, to connect with someone that who could really rescue you from your pain. And I think communication is always a great option for people. So like you mentioned with the person who was struggling to be consistent, ask for help, ask your coach Maggie for Uh, a new new avenue and let's try it this week. And if it doesn't work, we're going to celebrate that we tried that new avenue and that we stuck with it. And then we're going to carry it to next week and try again, because every day is a new opportunity to try again, to learn better communication skills. Mm -hmm. That by the way, is something that we forget too, that communication, though we're born with some of it, much of it is learned. And we can certainly train as singers can train with Maggie. We can train with speaking coaches Mm-hmm. voice coaches to elevate our confidence and our skill and our fluency when we're communicating. I know I've benefited from voice coaching in my past, yeah. my recent past. So much. Yeah, totally agree. And and a very important thing that I want to point out of what you said, just so that our listeners really got that is asking for help and communicating to someone else about what's going on internally. And I'm wondering how how do you like also look at so you're communicating with others but also with yourself in some in some way right and that goes back to the thoughts that we think and and how we communicate with ourselves which is such a big big portion of of this whole thing well you've just described k which is Ah! the the most important part which is how we're communicating to ourselves 
<coughs> excuse me, using kindness to self. So the K stands for kindness to self and very central, of course, without that, I think everything is up for grabs. Everything mm-hmm. is possible in terms of things going not the way we would prefer. So when you have kindness to yourself, you have that baseline from which to proceed. You have that feeling of calm. You have that feeling that even if I mess up, I know how to return to a healthy position and feeling about myself and my voice or my art or my project. And when we don't have that, why would we move forward? (laughs) Because we're thinking, well, if I mess up, then I'm going to fall off some sort of imaginary cliff, maybe of how I think about myself or how that person loves me. And everything becomes fraught with danger when really most things in life are really not fraught with danger. The danger lies within our imagination. And we just want to get rid of that intense imagination when it's not used for good, when it's used Mm. to terrorize ourselves, when just when we want to get going. Right, right. And kindness towards yourself and your thoughts, but I'm also thinking towards your your body. So if I'm thinking of a singer that doesn't take care of their voice, for example, that's not being kind to yourself either, right? No, 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 absolutely. That's overuse, overwork, overpractice is also a dangerous thing. But it's a practice that we have to learn. And I think oftentimes including in my own story, we go overboard when we're trying to heal ourselves. And then we have to kind of rein ourselves back in thinking, Mm. oh, even though my eyes are really big, I want to do all the things now that I know these skills, we still have to respect our health, our energy levels, our actual time that we have to play with and reality. (laughs) There are bounds of reality. I think much as we try to play outside of them, we do have to pay attention to sleep rules and mm. taking care of ourselves in the very basic of ways, which is so much a part of being a highly productive person, a highly successful person, is making sure that those basics are automatically taken care of without resentment, without difficulty. And it's a trick. It's really a trick. And we're all um, I'm in midlife, still working on my sleep patterns. You know, you would think, well, you should have certain stable sleep patterns by now. Sometimes I do, sometimes I'm really off. And so just know that you're never alone when you're feeling like you're struggling and use that to your benefit, reach out, up your communication, try another opportunity, calm your system down and you'll probably get somewhere good. Yeah, I love that. And you were briefly touching on your your own story. Um, so as a last question to, to the big finale of this conversation together, can you tell us a little bit more about what steps that you have taken in your own life to make all of this work really smoothly? What was your thing there? What a fantastic question. <laughs> you are so amazing, Maggie. As a podcaster, but also as a human being, and thank you for inviting me here. And I would say that what comes to mind is joy. That may be the addition to smack is that you want to have your true feelings of happiness be woven into every step that you take when you can, because if things aren't fun 
or enlivening, why would you bother anyway? <laughs> Sometimes, right? We might, we might think that things are hard, but we're aiming in that direction for a very specific reason. These things are not accidental, these things that we've chosen for ourselves. And when you see that, and when you start to enjoy the mystery of life and the mystery of habits and the mystery of success altogether, then that makes your life fun from beginning to middle to end. And I think that's just a gift that we want to share with our clients and a joy that is really available to people when they brought in their view of what's mm -hmm. available to themselves. So that's, I think, what I did in my life. I think way back when now, about 20 years ago, I was struck with panic all the time and never slept. I was always late with everything, could not keep to my word, even though I desperately wanted to. Mm -hmm. So it was a rolling scene of stress. It was just take, take one, take two, take three. Every scene involves some sort of massive, probably unnecessary stress a lot of times. And I went to bed with fear and with a sense that I would wake up and the next day would be even more stressful or worse. And if you can imagine doing that plus training to be a psychologist, it was a, a very intense mix of experiences at the time. But it was, of course, my training in psychology that gave me some of the best tools mm -hmm. to actually train myself out of those habits and to see that it wasn't my personality that made me procrastinate. It was the habits that I had picked up along the way and these stories about myself that I had picked up along the way that could be healed. And so now you know why I do all this work online because it's really so worthwhile yes. to invest in yourself and investigate what is going on that keeps you from doing the things that would further the things that you want for yourself. I love how you say that procrastination is not who you are it's a habit or it's changing the habits. And that's a big difference because people will oftentimes say, I'm a procrastinator. And then you put that identity on there, but it's really breaking that link between who you are as a person and your actions that you can actually change. So thank yes. you for sharing that. That's powerful. Absolutely. So for everyone listening, go observe your habits. There's so much freedom when you up-level your habits and you let go of the ones that are dragging you down. Mm. Oh, you know, we, I could ask you questions for hours and hours, but um, can you tell us where our listeners can find more about you and, and who you are? And if they want to, you know, take that one step further with you and start working with you, how can they find you? Thank you for asking that too. I am all over social media, having a lot of fun. Yes. <laughs> Since now I know that really... Social media is kind of a fun 30 second or 60 second way of connecting with people. And that has become really fun for me. So you can find me on Instagram, TikTok, um, Facebook as Procrastination Coach. And uh, my name is Christine Lee, spelled L-I, in case you're wondering. And also I have a free resource for your listeners. And Thank it you. is at, you're welcome. It's at procrastinationcoach.com slash start. And it's essentially like what you would see on Instagram, where you click someone's profile and a list of resources drops down. And so it's my groupings of free resources for our listeners. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. I'll link very all welcome. of that in the show notes. 
Uh, but just to recap, it's procrastinationcoach.com slash start if they want to get started with you. That's amazing. Christine, thank you so, so much for this beautiful conversation. Really, I want to I wanna do more of this because this is <laughs> so great. <laughs> well, I can't wait to see the, the expansion of your work here on this podcast. You're a delight. Oh, well, right back at you. Thank you thank so you. much for being so generous also with your time and your knowledge and your tips and tricks for our listeners. So yeah, procrastinationcoach.com slash starts. And I'll link all of those things in the show notes. So thank you again, Christine. Thank you, Maggie. Be well. <laughs> I'm giving you a virtual high five. Wow, that was amazing. Was it just me or did that go by way too fast? Now, if you don't want to stop here and you want more singing tips, tricks, and exercises, head on over to www.singinginsiders.com. Also, if you liked and valued this episode, be sure to subscribe to this show, share it with your friends, and leave a review so that we can reach even more singers and spread the power of singing. So thank you for being here. Thank you for your enthusiasm and support. And I look forward to see you here again soon. Bye.